Hi, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. This is the Emerging Markets Enthusiast Podcast, and I'm Patrick Alex, your host. On the show, we will be exploring the still and the leverage opportunities of entrepreneurship in emerging markets. We will be talking to founders, venture capitalists, ecosystem builders, and policymakers. They all have in common that they believe in the tremendous potential of emerging ecosystems and their role to generate growth, jobs, and innovation towards a more sustainable global future. I hope you enjoy the session and let's dive right in. All right. Hi, everybody. It is great to have you listening in on the Emerging Markets Enthusiast Podcast. I'm Patrick Alex, and I'm here with uh, Dani Tricarico. Um, I'm always struggling pronouncing your name. I'm so sorry. We're going to have a very interesting conversation today with Dani, who is the co-founder and former executive director of the Argentinian Association of Entrepreneurs. Also, he's the co-director of the Latin American Association of Entrepreneurs called ASELA. And he w was the general coordinator of Startup Buenos Aires for the Buenos Aires city government for more than five years. And an entrepreneur himself, he has co-founded several e-commerce, marketing and communication startups, both in Argentina as well as Chile. So, uh, Danny, how are you today? Great having you on the show. Well, good morning, Alex, and thank you very much for having me here on the show. It's, it's an honor. Let's dive right in. Uh, um, I was wondering if you could tell briefly about uh, your journey. How did you first immerse yourself into the world of entrepreneurship? The, the passion uh, for making new ventures, new things, and, and the cu cu curiosity you need in order to be an entrepreneur has always been in me. The, the main uh, approach to entrepreneurship I had it was uh, when I started my, my own startup was Uh, in 2008, there was no uh, WhatsApp uh, in that uh, moment in time. So what we did is uh, working, uh, we tried to disrupt the uh, real estate uh, business. So we had like an M SMS, you know, like uh, the old SMS uh, type of communication in which you could have all of the information of a property in uh, 140 characters, which is an SMS uh, total uh, range. So we had that when we, uh, we started nexoimmobiliario.com, which was the first first time I was uh, starting up, so as to say. We went bankrupt, but it was uh, a very in, uh, interesting insight in order to work and try to disrupt the real estate business, which is like brick and mortar uh, type of business, you know. Then we created ChileFaceMama.com, which is uh, an e-commerce for, for uh, maternity services. You know, and uh, the health in, in most of Latin America and in Chile is, is really expensive. So we had like some traction there, uh, but we could not get to the break-even point. Uh, and then we, uh, and then I started Mastromico.com, which was an agency for SMEs. Uh, for marketing and communication and all of that. But when I, what I mostly learned from all of that um, building and also failing is empathizing with this uh, part of the entrepreneur, which is the resilience, the need for uh, high tolerance of, of failure 
and to empathize with that pain, which is the first part of the design thinking, thinking model or any part of any entrepreneur that wants to engage in a project, you have and you need to empathize and, and, and live with that, with that pain and to acknowledge that, to understand that. And through that, I, I, I came to say, hey, starting up in Buenos Aires and in Latin America, it's really hard. It's really hard. <laughs> Not uh, only of, because of the regulations, but because, um, you know, the, the value of death, eight out of 10 uh, start, uh, startups die in a total of five year range. So that is really, really hard. Then I, I got to, to change to the public policy uh, model, <laughs> so as to say, in which I try to, to have an impact on a broader, uh, on a broader audience and always, um, always focusing on startups and entrepreneurs without regarding if they are, um, I don't know, technology-based or, or the sectors, more startups, more, more uh, ventures, more SMEs is what we need in Argentina and in, and in Latin America, in the 600 million people we are. Obviously, supporting all these entrepreneurs on their journeys is a, a very important task. And, and I wanted to dive a bit deeper into um, the, the significance of failure and how Argentine entrepreneurs in particular are dealing with that matter, considering that many listen, listeners might not know, Argentinian ecosystem is very uh, particular in certain aspects that you have a very volatile macroeconomic political environment. But on the other hand, you have uh, huge success cases such as Mercado Libre, which nowadays is the most valuable um, Latin American company listed on NASDAQ of more than $50 billion, if I'm not mistaken. So very impressive what they have built. And then you've got Globant, you've got Despega. If you look at the IPOs of Latin American companies, the majority in, in the last years were actually Argentinian. But then on the other hand, you have that chaotic situation in your country, so to say. So I was wondering, how do you characterize that? And how do you feel the Argentinian entrepreneur is related to failure and overcoming this difficult situation in Argentina and those difficult startup conditions, actually? The most uh, important thing of, about Argentina is regarding talent and culture. We have lived most of our 100 year recent history, 70 year recent history with high vol volatility, right? And uh, not only economically, but politically, we had five presidents in one week on 2000 uh, crisis. We have like a crisis each 10 years. We don't have the macroeconomic level of stability, but we do have talent. In the latest Coursera, a worldwide um, survey, Argentina was ranked on the first uh, technology skills and uh, English skills in, uh, in Latin America, English skills and technology skills worldwide. So what that indicates uh, us is that we have specific talent for technology-based startups, technology-based entrepreneurs. We have high volatility, and Argentina is a very good place for a beta market, such as Israel, but without the stability, <laughs> or, or, or Chile. But you have an, uh, 
and a short-term MBA on how to create uh, businesses, how to uh, move within different aspects of regulation, how to engage with different audiences. We used Facebook uh, as a top uh, user in, in Latin America, uh, WhatsApp also. No? So the penetration of technology, the penetration of new types of, of products and services, it's it's very, uh, it tends to engage in a very high point. So with this micro, micro uh, description, uh, specifically, we tend to get very good entrepreneurs, very good talent that not only copycats, right? Like Mercado Libre or Pegar on the 2000 bubble, but also on other parts, on other sectors, on uh, uh, software factories, communication agencies, and real estate disruptors such as Mudafai and FinTech. 50% of Argentina and Latin America is unbankerized. The, the, the hot part we see, the, the, the sexiest sector, which is FinTech and also AgTech in Argentina, but FinTech in all of, in all of Latin America, it's because of the unbankerized situation of all of the 600 million people who live in, in this in this region, these different fintechs are are, are currently breaking and an even market. They are uh, having transparent uh, prices, transparent commissions, and that is why uh, we see different types of, of uh, startups um, also creating. And the last part I want to mention with ASEA and all of the Argentinian ecosystem, we passed the first entrepreneurial law in Argentina, which is an additive. And it's incredible. Uh, we have the, the a new type of uh, commercial society, which is called the SAS, uh, which you can create in, in 24 hours. It's like the LLP or the LLC in the US. And it's based on the Jobs Act, this, uh, this law. And also we give the investors up to 80% of evolution of the tax. And then also we created the space for crowdfunding equity crowdfunding in order to, to thrive and the matching funds based on the Yosma model from, from Israel. So that created a, certainly a milestone for new startups from uh, the last three years, which are mostly biotech, agtech, fintech, and cleantech. You, you mentioned several uh, key aspects, I believe, and in terms of uh, why the Argentinian ecosystem is so successful and why public policy is important. Could you just uh, briefly uh, tell us, in terms of the public policy aspect, what were the main areas? You already mentioned some of them, but what do you feel are the key levers on the public policy side that uh, a country that wants to foster entrepreneurship in their market uh, should implement? Well, uh, you know, yesterday I was talking with Paraguay, which is a thriving country now, uh, and it's starting to create all of the things we see, like in, in Chile or Argentina or Peru. Uh, they, For example, they do not have uh, a network of, of angel investors. They are creating that. They are creating the, their first venture capital firm, <laughs> their first. They are creating the first association of entrepreneurs, which is, which is called the Association of Entrepreneurs of Paraguay, a member of ASELA. They are creating, for example, the first events, inspirational events. So there are different parts in which we 
every day, every day we call the ecosystem, which is an interrelation of actors of government, education, third sector, NGOs mostly, and uh, private sectors. So the universities and the high schools, they have to, which is very difficult we have because we have you have to talk with the educators, you have to talk with the Ministry of Education in order for them to create a specific subject of entrepreneurship in high schools, also in colleges, in universities. Then another part, a very important part, is creating the culture with, uh, so as to surround the center of this ecosystem, which is the, the entrepreneur, the talent, uh, with inspirational talks, with community. M me, myself, as entrepreneur, what struck, struck me most, and I love, I, I have real passion for startups and real passion for, for entrepreneurs, it's the, the, the codes within the community. It's collaboration at its best. It's curiosity at its best. It's innovation in every step of the way. So this culture cannot be created out of, out of nowhere. It doesn't uh, grow organically. You have to like foster that, promote that. So culture within those events to help encapsulate this, this spe specific entrepreneurs. And also, uh, from the government side, <laughs> you, uh, Latin America has a very, sadly, a very good experience creating obstacles, <laughs> not uh, uh, leaving them out, right? So uh, you have to create an even place, not an uneven place, an even place, an even court field in order for the players to have a, a great match. You have to, to put the, the, you have to cut the grass in order to, to, for the players to run faster. And the grass is the public policy. Without public policy, we, have, we will be having more outliers like these five unicorns. But without public policy, we ca you cannot uh, have a massive impact. So, uh, and that the first part is how to create a company in, uh, in 24 hours in, with, with uh, very little money with a clear and uh, wide object, not a specific object. How to create a crowdfunding, which is a different type of finance uh, step, right? Uh, st uh, because you have like the early stage, the venture capital, the accelerators, but you need this equity uh, crowdfunding. You need uh, banks to, to have uh, loans, a uh, specific rate, not the, the general rate and asking for, for uh, less regulation and less paperwork. And the last part is the specific focused actions through all of the government, Ministry of Technology, I don't know, uh, the taxes part of the government in order to help the entrepreneurs. We cannot continue to create obstacles because all of these entrepreneurs are going to the most comp competitive part in each of Latin America. For example, Argentina is a difficult part now because we have we are tending to work sadly <laughs> on the other way of the regulations we, we passed like the three four years ago so startups and entrepreneurs they tend to be great with just a laptop and it's mind right this uh, economic uh, knowledge economy as, as as known they go to uruguay maybe chile maybe paraguay maybe Bolivia, and these different countries are, are drafting laws, are creating ecosystems that five or 10 years ago were like, you couldn't think of that. 
Paraguay creating their first network of angel investors, their first venture capital firm. Uh, these are these are great points, Danny. Um, especially in uh, your, your perspective on how we have to build an ecosystem that is collaborative. And as it says, ecosystem is actually the interplay of different players. Uh, just like an an uh, in the environment, an ecosystem. It's the same in a startup ecosystem that you need these different players to interact. Um, so obviously, you might have strong entrepreneurs in Argentina in a volatile environment, but you might have fewer entrepreneurs than you could actually have and you might have big outliers but then there's others who are not as successful as they could be if there would be a stronger um, regulatory and more stability uh, in the, on the macroeconomic level and uh, you mentioned also a very interesting aspect which is the collaboration across Latin America. Because when we talk to investors, for instance, outside Latin America, they see Latin America as one region, as one continent to invest. But when you then go into the different countries, they say, well, we are the Argentinians, those are Chileans, and, and, and Brazil obviously is sort of the China of, of Latin America in terms of its size. But the other countries are too small by themselves, Mexico maybe to a certain degree, but the rest really needs to collaborate more. And I wanted to ask you, what is your take on that? And uh, maybe your experiences with uh, the Association of Entrepreneurs in Latin America, how you are trying to foster more collaboration across the different countries in Latin America? Yeah, so that is like my hypothesis or my thesis I'm working on like from the le last two or three years is trying to get Latin America to, to work or to have a region mindset, such as Europe. Europe has Germany, has France, but has a Eurozone uh, mindset, right? We need that. We specifically need that in order to, to, to create new, new projects to, to thrive. And we also have several, uh, several obstacles in Latin America such as language, you know, Brazil is Portuguese, so you have to, like, it's very difficult to, to, to merge that. And we have different cultures, but we all speak the same language, um, apart from, from Brazil. And it's, when, when you get to see the whole region, it's uh, 600 million people. It's, it's a, a very interesting, uh, it's uh, the southern part of Africa, it's more or less the same uh, uh, type of uh, population. We have different time zones, but not so different. So it's like two hours, three hours. Most of Latin America has like lang uh, English language in, in a certain degree of, of, of knowledge. So we have like a lot of things in order to, to, to have this platform, but we have specific uh, subsectors. We have the Mercosur, we have the Pacific Alliance on the other side, the Anilian region. So we have specific clusters, which we do not need. We need one region that works like the Eurozone. What we tried in Acela, it's a, a very, very interesting project. Uh, I, I love that project because it's a very genuine, genuine Latin American narrative in which we try to create different types of associations in different countries, such as, uh, I don't know, El Salvador, uh, Argentina, Chile, Peru, and uh, on the next, uh, and also we created an association in Miami, so as to enter 
uh, the, the U.S. fund. And we are trying to solve this hypothesis. It's we as Latin Americans can work together, can create, can collaborate together. The main insight for me is trust, right? So this model, like business travels at the speed of trust, it's very interesting to see. And we have to foster that in Latin America because uh, Peru uh, and Colombia, different countries, and may, uh, they may not collaborate with, with each other. And when an investor from the US, like such as, I don't know, Capital One or, or any type of investor wants to, to say, hey, I want to invest in startups, they, they see their region and say, hey, this is sexy, 600 million people uh, with a very interesting IPV per capita. Um, but when you get to see the subclusters and the differences, they tend to 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 see uh, i don't know to invest in, in uh, europe we have to work on the structures that create the collaboration not only on a language level but on the trust level and that is uh, the association of latin american uh, which is the mother of all the association part trying to work with different countries and to get for to get to the to the developed countries the US, I don't know, many, maybe Germany, maybe Spain. Hey, we have like the Latin American Association and we have specific ambassadors and associations in different countries. We have, we can give you the, the, the confidence and the trust you need in order for you to have the philanthropy level or the venture philanthropy level investment for startups and SMEs as well in Latin America. Because as you know, most of uh, the IPV comes from, at least from Argentina and most in Latin America, from SMEs, right? Uh, this uh, COVID crisis, the most Im impacted um, region in the world is Latin America, which is because it was struggling and it's very slow, the, the recovery. And, and we need to, to put our efforts, put our minds in, into that. We, we, do, we cannot and we do not need any type of division we just need to collaborate in order for our region to to thrive. Yeah, absolutely. Fully agree on that. And uh, Latin America has just come out of a, a lost decade, so to say. And now we are potentially moving into another one. But I believe really the entrepreneurs are the key to addressing that issue. Politics obviously is one part of that. But I think if it's entrepreneurs that are living that regional expansion and uh, building businesses for the whole of Latin America, where Mercado Libre obviously is a great example that has thrived in Brazil. And uh, if we have more of those cases, I think entrepreneurs are also more willing to consider and look beyond uh, their own market, which is obviously not large enough to scale if you're not in Mexico or if you're not in, uh, in Brazil. And uh, these cases need to be lived. And then uh, we are also more on the radar for international investors, as we have already seen of, of those unicorns that have, have grown in the last years. And uh, there, there's really a, a tremendous opportunity in, in terms of development and productivity increases through uh, entrepreneurship. I believe in, in Latin America specifically. And I wanted to ask you 
about that obsession of unicorns. You know that in Chile, obviously, there's a certain obsession about that, that we need to have our first unicorn. Mexico just has their newly minted unicorn, Kavak. And uh, Argentina obviously has been leading on that, Brazil. And uh, it's sort of when is the next unicorn coming and from where? I wanted to ask you from your perspective on a bit more of the SME side or so, is it beneficial? Should we really focus on fostering more unicorns or should we emphasize more on the SME level that we have really a wide range of uh, different companies and different sectors that are making a difference? How, what's your take on that? Yeah, well, it's a very interesting question. And it's like a, the, the division part. It's You have like a, a divorce in the ecosystem or, or the much the ecosystem, the, the economy as, as, as it whole, right? You have like the venture capital that wants to uh, invest and have this the thesis of uh, high impact startups, high impact scaling startups, the outliers, the unicorns. Then you uh, you have, they, they created this uh, all uh, different types of, of I don't know, <laughs> animals such as the, the zebras, the camels. I don't know, I, I, I'm just lost with that, but, I think we need to move as a society, as an ecosystem, uh, working uh, on both at the same time. The unicorns, I mean, we need these outliers that these Mercado Libres, these uh, Globans and Notco, and I don't know, 99 Taxi of out of Brazil, nine unicorns, which is impressive, and Kavak, we need that. But it's not the only thing we need. So uh, for uh, many years, we, we have this uh, top-down narrative that we only need the, the unicorn. And, and if, if you were not a unicorn, and you don't have a chance to be a unicorn, <laughs> you didn't solve any different or uh, potential issue, and you could not scale and all of that. But, and that is one part I, I, I try to emphasize. We need that. We need uh, specific organizations and, 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 econo and part of the ecosystem that works on this, on this sector. But 75% of Latin America is composed of out of SMEs. And these SMEs are not exporting to Latin America, are not scaling to other different, to, to Peru, to Chile, to, for example, we have a very, issue a very very difficult issue in argentina which is get the smes in order uh, to export to chile to peru i don't know to colombia and in chile i talked to with pro chile like last month and it's the same thing they they cannot get the chilean chileans smes to export and in peru pro from peru has the same issue so <laughs> we need to work on the most urgent part is, I don't know, the, the marble store, the, the wood uh, uh, neighborhood store that has, or the textile store that has different products, they can get, uh, we need to get them into all of the 600 million Latin Americans that have capacity in order to purchase them, right? So if we do, if we cannot create this part of the ecosystem, which is foster SMEs and also technology-based SMEs, we in Argentina are coming from a very different, difficult uh, crisis. We have six 
uh, 60,000 uh, SMEs that went bankrupt this year, and we are not creating new uh, ventures, new companies. So we need more SMEs on the first part, and on the second part, we need them, th those that are currently uh, working, to sustain them and to create the platform for them in order to have a digital transformation uh, section and to uh, export that to other countries in within LATAM. I want to, to highlight the software factories. We have like the, a very good amount of software factories in Argentina. They are not globant, all of them. They won't be, but they create, I don't know, um, jobs for 150 people, 200 people. Um, and they can also scale within Latin America, which in Peru, they have uh, less penetration of internet or in Colombia, uh, in, not only in the capital cities, they also in the uh, within the, the specific region in this country, in, in each country. So we, we have uh, a lot of, of work to do on both sides. The unicorn part, the venture capital, which is very interesting and very sexy and very cool. And the other part, which is the part in which ASELA and ASEA is, is working the early stage and the entry point entrepreneur that wants to create anything at all, <laughs> we did more of that. Yeah, couldn't couldn't agree more on that. We definitely need both uh, sides of the equation because um, one part are the unicorns that are those uh, lighthouses and beacon on the hill where actually then foreign investors come in and we motivate new entrepreneurs that can really dream about also having that success because they've seen that uh, somebody from their country has achieved it and it's not somebody for somebody from the states or somebody from israel or from europe but it's somebody from maybe their neighborhood who has achieved that success so i think culturally it's quite important that we have these success cases as well apart from the venture capital returns but then if we look at the wider economy obviously smes are very much important and 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 that's me also as a german saying that when you look at the german mittelstand which is obviously one of the most cited examples of how you can create a diverse and flourishing SME ecosystem that is exporting all over the globe. One, one thing I, I saw in, 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 a, in a trip I went to, to the US, we visited different uh, cities, Salt Lake City, Las Vegas, uh, Chicago, and, 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 and Washington, and Austin as well. And we uh, one of the things that works is like this center, these centers that practically works with SMEs. You can see this, uh, this, um, this SDCs they call in, in Chile as well, which they copied, copied the example and in Medellin as well. To have a, a brief uh, summary of this, it's, it's uh, a government decision in order to create specific spaces within each community within, I don't know, in, in a park or in a library in which any citizen can come with an idea and they like mentor them with specific uh, um, skills. They give them specific skills. On the first level, they do not give technology skills, but on the, first, on the second level, they, they do like how to, uh, how to market online, how to create e-commerce stores, dig a digital transformation, but on the on the the superficial la layer, and that has created an enormous impact in the U.S. in Medellin, which is you, I don't know if you know that 
but 50% of the IPV of Colombia is, uh, comes from Antioquia, which is the, the province in which Medellin, in this thriving city, which was once not a thriving city, comes from, right? So I'm not talking about design thinking. I'm not talking about any type of this cool, trendy skills, Python. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about one idea, one citizen that has any idea, a project. I know I want to create uh, doors, I don't know, uh, made out of wood and different type of recycled material, which is circular economy. And they they give them the tools. They they give them a small um, uh, small stipend, like of, of money, uh, in order for them to to start. And that is the first part we need to create in Latin America. And on, on the on the last part, we need to have a specific platform in order for 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 each country and it, and the region as it whole. That is works not only a direct i mean like like a b2c it's not or or a government to to citizen you need the the unions which in germany uh, have a very uh, wide uh, very very interesting mindset they are not like the specific the, the everyday unions you know so that struck me when i when i got to see that uh, so you need the unions you need the chambers you need the whole society with that with that focus, and that is what we need in Latin America. And in in that regard, also you mentioned at the, at the beginning about that trust issue we have maybe in Latin American society as a whole that does not necessarily promote collaboration because um, you you have that issue that usually you just like to do business with the people you know and. Um, also within your own circles. How do you think can we overcome that? Can it go via education or do we need to mix up the society more? How can we make it more accessible and also ensure that there's more social, social mobility happening powered by and through entrepreneurship? Well, uh, I think it's uh, an effort and an issue. We have to work with all of these sectors and the society one thing I, I saw and I really liked is like this uh, initiative of Conversemos Chile or, or Let's Talk About Chile uh, with all of with this uh, reform and the, and the constitution and, and all the things that are going there. But not only mixing up more different layers of the society, but also we have a very, <laughs> it's very difficult for Latin Americans just to talk, just to to have a conversation and not creating like uh, black and white uh, narratives, like, I don't know, uh, um, pro-market, anti-market, or uh, Keynes, Adam Smith. We need to have conversations deeply rooted with our DNA that creates and empower, creates the, the we appropriate ourselves as an identity, as citizens of Latin America, not only as a country, not only as one mindset, pro-market, anti-market, or, or public versus private. We are still struggling with that. And also, Latin America is still struggling with different layers of society. In Argentina, it's different, but in Peru, in Chile, the top notch of the society does not. Uh, 
work with or or com or have conversations at, at or collaborate with the, the, the low part of the society. So that is uh, that is a, a, a really very interesting gap in order for us to solve. It's it's interesting how we can break through that. I think entrepreneurship, especially on the technology side, makes this more participatory and that you can be successful no matter where you come from. I think we can we get towards that mentality. Obviously, there's still a lot of progress missing on that sense, that's for sure. But um, I really see the chance that with the new innovations coming in and the massive opportunities we have in that region, that we can overcome this. Because uh, to be honest, if we look at the main businesses in Latin America, they're primarily in old, old economies, right? Um, Commodity-based, uh, retail-based, bank-based. That can be disrupted, to be honest. Uh, we, we've seen that if you look at the most valuable companies in the US 50 years ago versus today, there's entirely comp different companies on that list. And that hasn't happened yet in Latin America, if you look at that. Mercado Libre is breaking through it, Global as well. But we, we're going to see that happen. And, and, and once that accelerates, and COVID has definitely accelerated this, I think we're going to be able to overcome this. Obviously, it's deeply rooted. Uh, you just have to, there's loads of literature on this, obviously, why, why countries fail, et cetera, that have uh, analyzed uh, the, these different factors of, uh, of societies and why some societies flourish more than others. But I think especially in Argentina is a great example of that, that you can flourish no matter what the startup conditions are, that you just have to be pre preservant and uh, and have a positive attitude towards failure and be more scrappy. And that's what I feel what you see a lot in Latin America. You see these scrappy entrepreneurs that are very resourceful, that can do with just a tiny bit of funding. They can do so much more than an entrepreneur that is based out of Silicon Valley or Berlin um, because they have to, and they have to overcome these obstacles. So my positive spin on this is that they are more prepared actually for that roller coaster ride of being an entrepreneur because they had it so difficult from the get-go that they had to fight always and i think that's why you see also so many success cases out of argentina because they have that so deep in their dna that you really see that happening and one thing i want to compliment uh, uh, is startups entrepreneurs tend to democratize different types of the of the different sectors i don't know the fintech tries to democratize the access to loans or or to digital wallets the the real estate disruptors tend to democratize the access to living to housing so it's like very genuine the approach and and what they can do with as you said a small team technology and a little bit of funding. So that is the democratization of that is what we are tending to see in Latin America, starting on the FinTech sector, which is very hot and sexy now, but then on the ag tech sector. So most of Latin America is based out of commodities exportation. Yeah, absolutely. So true. So uh, switching gear and coming also a little bit towards the end of our session today, I wanted to ask you, what is next uh, for, for you, uh, Danny? Uh, what, what are your next plans uh, in, in supporting entrepreneurs in Latin America? This, is, this was my last week as a executive director of ASEA. It's been a hell of a ride <laughs> these four years. We are plus 38 
thousand entrepreneurs in, in, in Argentina and we created laws and I am very, very proud of what we, we, we accomplished. I, uh, I will be working, uh, collaborating with ASELA, the Latin American Association of Entrepreneurs and collaborating with ASEA. And also I am working on a new project. I am deeply involved in impact-driven entrepreneurs, social, uh, environmental, not only economic driven. And I am working on a new startup. It's a platform for triple impact entrepreneurs in Latin America. So Latin America is my thesis and my passion and startups and also impact driven or startups that want to migrate to, uh, to impact, right? Which is what we will see on venture capital on or philanthropy also, but uh, on, on different types of funding they want new deal flow that has specific impact measured outcomes. COVID has told us one thing that uh, we need to bring uh, health, sustainability into the equation. There are so many new challenges we have to face. So we, we have to focus on a stakeholder approach. We have to look at the triple bottom line. So uh, really great how, you, how you're taking that on and uh, looking forward to hearing more about that. And uh, Danny, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It was great having you. 